We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. everybody welcome inside the guilty as charged podcast i'm sure that tonight is going to be a very positive uh experience on thursday night football after the uh chargers lose to the chiefs 27 24 uh first and foremost uh hopefully justin herbert is okay that is obviously the most important thing right now Corey lindsley as well uh they can take my ribs they can take my knee whatever they want although probably not take my knee that would probably be a bad bad decision for uh Corey lindsley so uh first and foremost hope they're okay we're going to talk about everything that happened uh, outside of the injuries. Hopefully, I'm sure it's going to be, again, very positive. So uh, that being said, my guys, Tyler, Arjun, and Alex are here. Uh, Tyler, one positive takeaway right from the start. You were right about Gerald Everett versus Travis Kelsey, man. How are you doing tonight? Great. <laughs> so oh, happy. Man. So happy. I'm, I'm sure this is going to be a, a lovely uh, podcast. So uh, Arjun is here as well, man. Arjun, how are you doing tonight? not doing well just needed to come on here and rant <laughs> well that's what a podcast after losses are for am i right uh alex what's up man it's uh very late at night for you over there in the in the jungle but uh how you doing uh bad because that sucked yeah, that was uh, my bad i had the espn uh thing up there for uh the statistics and so i apologize so um I uh, we'll start with this. We'll just talk about like what our nights were like. I guess we'll 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 see where the podcast takes us. Uh, yeah. So I had a a college and career night tonight. Um, I was supposed to be going until six thirty, 
Uh, but thankfully my admin assistant let me come home. So I have been stressed for like the last six hours because of this game. <laughs> and, you know, sitting here in this room instead of watching football, like normal routine, like getting up and down and like, you know, I, I couldn't be like my normal fan self. I felt like I was just so constricted. Uh, so I've been stressed, man. And, uh, you know, I was sitting there watching the game and I felt like the offense was moving, felt like the the Chargers were uh of you know this is going to be different right this is going to be the time and um right after justin herbert threw the pick six um brooke comes in here and she's like are you live are you are you caught up and i said no i'm like still probably like 20 minutes left and she just goes justin's hurt and i was like badly or like like he's fine and she was like no he's hurt badly like you need to catch up and i was like okay like let me see what happens first like i need to see like everything so for like the next 25 minutes, I'm like, this shit sucks. Like I had, there was just zero energy coming from this room that I was in. So uh, not a great uh, viewing experience, of course. And like I said, hopefully uh, Justin is okay. Yeah, I mean, my experience is, it, it also sucked. I just watched it live. <laughs> so that was my experience. Uh... So Daniel Popper just tweeted, Brandon Staley said Justin Herbert is okay and doesn't expect his injury to be an issue going forward. Said he's dealing something okay. in his abdomen, possibly ribs. Yeah, it's definitely ribs, coach. It's definitely ribs. <laughs> um, uh, Lindsay Theory said that they thought that he might have gotten the wind knocked out of him. Y'all, are we watching, are we yo, watching what Justin okay. Herbert was doing? <laughs> that, okay. I don't know. Someone else talk about what was happening with the injury. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Yeah, like... Arjun. Okay. Like, I was... After Lindsley went out after halftime, or, like, coming out of halftime, I was I was watching the whole game with my friend Tage, you know, obviously friend of the podcast and everything. I turned to him and said, this is going to go bad real quick on the offensive line because Lindsley's the one making the call-outs. He's the one setting the offensive line protection you you make Herbert do that in a game where he's already missing his wide receiver one, pretty much the only guy that can separate consistently against like press man or whatever defense the Chiefs were running. And immediately you just see interior pressure, Chris Jones mm -hmm. getting in. Zion Johnson, I, I, I'll pull up the stats in a little bit and we'll talk about it. I think Zion Johnson had a better game versus Chris Jones than Matt Filer did. 100%. And 100%. Once Lindsley went out, once, you know, Pipkins went out, Everything just went to shit. Herbert was on the ground multiple times, backed up in the red zone, getting sacked. And, you know, eventually the QB hits are going to pile up and you just took a bad shot from uh, Dana. And I mean, mm -hmm. like that could that, that could have changed the course of the season of this franchise. And it's just it's just unacceptable. It's just not great to see at all. Yeah. Um, do we officially know what happened to Pipkins? Um, uh, on the broadcast, they said he hurt his ankle, um, okay. but then he was shown on the sideline um, without his helmet. So, hmm. listen, if you're an offensive lineman and you hurt your ankle, like you're you're not right. going back in. You, you can't. And um, somebody said on Twitter, I guess, that it was his uh, left ankle. I don't know if that's confirmed or not, but that's his plant leg, man. Like if he hurts his left ankle, he's like there's there's just you you can't push through that. Like that's that's everything mm -hmm. you do is based off of your left leg. Yeah. yeah um I, honestly as soon as i saw will clap come in i'm like they're not winning this game 
but <laughs> like which is weird because they sort of like still had a chance at the end and obviously prior to herbert throwing the pick six which which was the real backbreaker um but it just it just felt like it all built up throughout the game um i am you know particularly just them not taking advantage of the, how the chiefs offense was in the first half right the fact that they only entered halftime with a three-point lead when that you know could have realistically been a two touchdown lead that could have been you know a 17 point lead like they mm-hmm. you know if the offense had flowed how it was supposed to and the defense was getting the stops because eventually you were just like okay eventually Patrick Mahomes is going to come alive eventually mm-hmm. the Chiefs you know offense is going to come alive they sort of did they found their way on obviously on the big touchdown to to Watson uh which Jerry Tillery whiffed uh so they didn't really didn't really have it tonight um on from an offensive perspective i think they definitely missed keenan allen um that was kind of like the biggest thing i saw on offense just like in terms of getting guys open and herbert not really having like that first read kind of down um i felt he was decisive Mm -hmm. earlier in the game and then later just kind of i don't know spiraled into like okay well where's where's mike williams where's deandre carter occasionally gerald everett um, but aside from that, it didn't really feel like they had that one player outside of Mike Williams who really ended up being a difference maker for them. Austin Eckler like had a couple plays, but for the most part was held in check. Um, so just kind of disappointing all around. Uh, and obviously the interception that happened, but didn't really feel like there was a way that um, they could have won this game after they Keenan on top of JC not looking great in his first game back. On top of the two offensive line losses, it just all built up throughout, even though um, the score is obviously a lot closer than the kind of I felt the game was at points. I don't know. And everyone, literally everybody on the team is getting shit on in the chat tonight. Storm Norton was <laughs> played like 12 snaps and, and he's <laughs> pathetic. What is, I'm going to be complete. I'm going to be completely honest. I thought the offense was good tonight. Like, I, I understand that there were oh, yeah. issues with Keenan Allen. Josh Palmer had two drops. I mean, they had a pick six at the four yard line. They lost by three points and like we're focusing on the offense. I don't agree with the way that this is being framed on Twitter. I don't agree with the way that this is being framed on this podcast right now. I thought the offense was good tonight. They did pace. They did a much better job of rolling out Justin Herbert in the pocket. Everything that I wanted to see from the offense today happened except for the execution. I mean, Gerald Everett tries to get subbed out, and if he do, if he does get subbed out, or they call a timeout, and they score a touchdown. They're at thirty-one points tonight, and they win. I have I don't understand. I don't like the way this is being framed. To be completely honest with you, the Chargers' defense dropped two interceptions. They had another one that should have been another interception. You lose Corey Lindsley, Storm Norton, or not Storm Norton, Trey Pipkins, and Justin Herbert breaks his ribs. And you score 24 points on the road, you lose by three, and everybody wants to fire the offensive coordinator. I don't agree with this at all. I'm sorry. I, I, I cannot get there with blaming the offensive game plan tonight. There were several other reasons why they lost, and that's that's what I have to say about that. All right, I'll go in the middle, and then Arjun will go the other side of that <laughs> argument. Uh, so for me, I'm of both minds, because on the one hand, 24 points, it's like fine, but you were clearly missing Keenan Allen. And and really, even just watching the team last year, when Donald Parham got hurt against the Chiefs, really from there through the rest of the season, there was just something missing. You don't have that other player. That's just a different mismatch. And he's your best blocking tight end probably last year and definitely this year. 
you're missing something there for sure. There was that avalanche where Lindsay and everybody goes out. Um, so I understand them not scoring more. And yeah, like you said, they were, they put up 400 yards of offense. So they, they almost had it. At the same time, I feel like this offense, there's something also missing. Like what they did and what Herbert was asked to do, I think they executed pretty solid for the most part, except for some early stuff where Herbert just was not running for the first down or missed Palmer a couple of times. I don't know. There's, there's just, it just feels like there's something missing, especially in the second half. I don't know what it is. I guess Keenan Allen does mean that much to this team uh, because, I don't know, they went, what, four for 12 on third down, which is actually worse than the Chiefs did, believe it or not, um, in terms of the percentages. But I don't know. There, there's something missing, and I can't figure out what it is yet. But I feel like there should be more. I don't, I don't know yeah. what it is. If, if, is it because Mike Williams disappears? Is it because... We can't find a way to get, you know, I don't know, another tight end involved because DeAndre Carter will disappear. I don't know. But I just feel like there, there's something missing. So the numbers of 24 points isn't bad. I thought half of the drives looked pretty good. The other ones just kind of left me wanting more. And I feel like they also weren't really given much of a chance to officially, like, finish their drives because they did get to fourth and two, fourth and two, fourth and one. And they punted, which they were sort of rewarded for because the defense held really well. So I don't know if you can call that good or bad, and someone will have to explain it to me. But I don't know. There, there was just something missing from the operation tonight on offense. And then we can talk about you know the defense and how much, and, and then the refs as well, and the the blown opportunities there, and really the what ifs of the game. Yeah, I'll say this: my read on this game on a game level was completely off. Like I thought it would be offenses going at each other. This was more of a defensive battle. I kind of like, you know, internally, like I kind of had a good, good read on like a player versus player matchup. Like I knew Chris Jones was probably going to have a good game. Kelsey was going to get locked up, blah, blah, blah. But man, like I, I have to disagree with you, Steven. I just don't see how you can say this offensive game was a success. Like, Okay, they put up 24 points. Realistically, it's more like 17. I never said it was a success. I said it's not why they lost. Okay. But I think I think if you pinpoint the three phases of football, I think the offense didn't live up to expectations. The defense held Mahomes to 20 points. It's not 27, it's 20 because the pick six isn't the defense's fault. The defense also, I think, just got unlucky. Like they had like, what, four picks taken away from penalties, reviews, all of that bullshit. But, like, the offense, like, okay, I was talking to Tyler before this. The offense had, I think, they only had two first downs in which the first down play call resulted in another first down. That's not good. Like, you don't want, and they had, I think, nine or ten plays of third and two and short, which means the offense is just, is is designed to get to third and short, and then you let third and Herbert take over, or, like, you run behind Rashawn Slater. And when I was with watching the Tage, right, I was like, okay, it's third and third and short. You can just run the ball because if you don't get it, you go for it on fourth down, but they're not going for it on fourth down anymore. And I don't know why, like, I don't know if that's because you don't have Keenan, who's your late down guy, who's your high leverage guy, who's, who's going to get open. I don't know if it's because you don't have Lindsley. Like, I don't, I don't know why they're not going for it on fourth down anymore. Cause that limits your third down play call. And then once I was like, okay, third down like stop running these bootlegs just run it behind Rashawn Slater who's your all pro left tackle it works twice right and then third and two they run it right to Chris Jones who started lining up over Matt Filer and it's a tackle for loss like I think the predictiveness of this offense held them back and you know I, I'm not one to use a dot like like that but like a 4.9 a dot for Herbert today 
like 4.9. That is, he, he's throwing the ball less than five yards in the air on average. Like that, that means something to me. And like, I don't, I'm not saying you take shots deep, especially when you have Will Clapp and Storm Norton and you're not going to be taking shots deep. That's, I, I don't think that's Lombardi's fault. I don't think it's Herbert's fault, but like, I, I just don't see how this offense works when Herbert with his arm, his ability to, to push the ball downfield is, is running stick every, every damn third down. Every, and like you're running stick all game. Of course, they're going to be ready for it in the red zone. Like I just thought the offense was way too predictive. The, there was no urgency on first, first down. It was always about getting to third down. And if they failed on third down, there was no urgency on fourth down, which was there last year. So that's, that's kind of where I'm at. I, I kind of agree with you that the, like the offense shouldn't be all at fault here, but like, I thought the defense did their job and like, this was not the output I was expecting from the chargers and obviously losing two all line starters in the middle of the game changes a lot, but I, I don't know. Like that was, that was tough to watch. And I, I, I felt I was just getting disappointed as the game went on. And especially after the Mike Williams touchdown in the third quarter. Alex, you want to break the tie here? I guess Tyler's going to cut. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, at, at points, the Chargers offense looked really good, right? You have the first two drives, which result in field goal and touchdown. Um, and then you have the Mike Williams drive to that open the second half. But in between there, I mean, in, in between the Mike Williams touchdown uh, and then the touchdown they got near the end of the game, uh, you had punt, punt, uh, interception, touchdown, uh, punt, punt. So, I mean, five straight drives where the Chargers came away with zero points in the second half, right? And gave away seven points, right? So, like, on a pure math basis, right, that's not very good. And you could just tell that the offense, I think for no extended period of time, had the flow they were supposed to. So, sure. by the end of the game, I think the numbers end up looking fine, right? Like, if you looked at it, it would be like, okay, well, you know, they you know herbert had like an okay night like he was supposed to mike williams ends up having the game he's supposed to have um that we wanted him to you know have last week right he kind of redeems himself um and offensively the stats don't look bad either but it just never had the flow it was supposed to and i think that's like the biggest problem also if you come into this game and you're like hey the chargers scored 24 points did they win or did they lose against the chiefs Mm -hmm. I mean, I think most people would say that that would have been a loss like anyway, right? Just because of how much you need to score. Um, and it, I think on the other hand of that, if someone said, hey, you held the Chiefs to 27 points, did the Chargers win or lose? We probably would think that we were talking about a Chargers win in that sense, right? And all the stops that they got at key points of the game as well. Um, and so for me, I think defense did everything you could kind of ask them to do. Um obviously who knows how that game turns out if that asante samuel jr pick six is is ruled differently if any of the interceptions that were called back are ruled differently but for me i i think you were expecting more consistency from this offense when it mattered the most and we just never really got that from the chargers tonight for any uh prolonged amount of time i think it was very in between where, where, where that stuff kind of happened. And so for me, this was, I guess, the same level of offensive performance that we sort of saw against the Raiders, but just obviously, A, not good enough to beat the Chiefs, and it never looked sustainable at any point. 
for what it's worth regarding the fourth downs, just real quick, I only watched through the Cincinnati game last year, but in terms of conversions that weren't runs, it was Allen, Guyton, Cook, Cook, Eckler. That's a run, sorry. Allen, uh, Williams on a defensive pass interference. Allen, uh, Herbert run, Eckler run, uh, pass to Keenan Allen. I guess what I'm saying is you don't see Mike Williams in there for a, a catchable conversion. You don't see Josh Palmer in there. Uh, obviously not Gerald Everett. So I don't know. I, I guess Keenan Allen is really just kind of, maybe that does change things. And I, th- I think it does. Like, I think it has to. I mean, you lose Keenan, you lose Corey Lindsley, and you still have a chance to win. Again, The if Justin Herbert doesn't throw that interception, which I, it's not his fault, it definitely was not. You're talking about 31 points in Arrowhead, and you're talking about a 31 to 20 win. I I thought the offensive game plan was uh, definitely kind of sped up once you lose your two starting offensive linemen. It was a lot more quick game, and then mm-hmm. your quarterback gets injured, and then the game plan kind of just goes out the window. I thought the offense was fine. Again, that's just my opinion. I felt like they were moving the ball. They had two trips into the red zone where they come up with a field goal. To me, like Arjun pointed out, the biggest coaching issue that I had today was Staley not being aggressive at all on fourth downs. So, you know, there was the one quarterback sneak, and I think there was another one. But to me, there were like three or four other opportunities where Brandon Staley absolutely should have gone for it, at least two by my recollection. But mm-hmm. to me, that was the biggest re- that was the biggest coaching issue today. So. I thought the offense is fine. Again, you're talking about losing your two starting linemen. You're talking about Justin Herbert getting injured. And you're a pick six away from 31 points at Arrowhead. So mm-hmm. I, I get it. I understand the frustration. I, I don't love having Justin Herbert throw for five yards uh, on dot either. That's what happens when you lose Corey Lindsay and, and you're starting right tackle. It just is. And you don't have a quality blocking tight end to kind of step up in, in and help that. So I think Trey McKitty is is decent. I think Gerald Everett is decent. But Donald Parham is their best blocking tight end, and that matters. That showed up big time in the run game, in my opinion, against the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm sure it will show up again when I watch the All-22 tomorrow. This is this is injuries, and you were, again, a pick six away from 31 points in Kansas City. I will say I disagree with it. <laughs> again, like with because I think it's a butterfly effect. Like I don't, We don't know if they score 31 if they score a touchdown, like if what if Mahomes goes down and score, Chargers go three and out, and then, you know. I, but I if they score a touchdown, Arjun, they're winning that game. Like, probably. But, like, <laughs> like I know we're, it's, it, we're, it's, I know what you're trying to say. Trust me. Like, I, I'm not trying to seem like a downer here, but like, like the Chiefs offense, like, they're just, you just don't know what to get from them. I will say, though, it, it was, I think, like, I, I think Asante had a great game, first of all. But it was just infuriating to see how mm. he literally had two pick sixes or like two picks right there, especially the first one yeah. right in the middle of the field, and he just he just dropped it. Like I think I think that's probably I think that probably was the more impactful play where you're up 17-7, you drop a, a pick that would have given you the ball on the plus on the plus thirty plus thirty five, and you're and you just scored a touchdown, right? So. I don't like to put in perspective. Like I, we said this before off air, the two biggest plays of the game were the chiefs fifth receiver, six receiver, Justin Watson beating the chargers number one cover corner mm-hmm. who just got paid $16.5 million a year. He beat him on a 40 yard touchdown. And then the other play was um, 
the Chiefs undrafted rookie Jalen Watson taking Justin Herbert to the house for six. So, you know, I, I, I again, it's not all in the offense. I think the defense could have made another play or two here and there, but, but you're right. I think like it's not all on Lombardi's, not all on Herbert. I think it's a collection of injuries and just not having pieces there to execute the offense you developed in training camp and in OTAs. What do you think is is missing here? Well, Keenan Allen, Corey Lindsay, sure. But, I mean, why did we end up with the exact same Chargers loss just in a different way, recycled in some way, uh, again? How did we end up here again? I, I don't really have an answer for that. I mean, it's a rhetorical question. Meaning I just, I just, well, I just can't, I just, hmm? Meaning just like in general, like, uh, well, they lost, they lost the game in another seemingly typical chargers ish way. Pick six at the end, you know, guy, guy was so tired. They couldn't sub him out, runs back in. They throw a pick six, you know, uh, 40 million dropped interceptions and four, you know, refs or reviews calling things back. Like, what is it? Like, does anybody in the chat know? Like, I don't know what we're missing here. What happened? JK Scott gets a punt that goes 30 yards. Yeah, I mean, just like weird. you know, Carter almost fumbles the ball on, on a return. Um, I don't know. It's just it was just a such a Chargers thing. And I can't believe we're still here, even though like defense played pretty well. And I think special teams was, was mostly fine. And the offense, you know, moved the ball okay-ish considering that everything. But we lost again. Like what what is missing? I don't think the Chargers like when's the last time the Chargers have had like one of those like pick sixes on the goal line? Like I, it's, it's so tough. Cause like when the Chargers are in these like games, I feel like the, the bad, the big, bad negative variance plays goes always against them. And it's like, mm-hmm. we've never had that type of like game changing play. Like, I guess like the only one would like in recent mind would be like the Joe Mixon, like fumble six, but like, yeah. And then, you know, Antonio Gibson fumbling, but it's like in, in the big primetime games in the games where everyone is watching, it seems like it's always the chargers who mess up. It's always them somehow finding this new way to lose and, and a new way of getting hurt. And it's like, I don't know, you, you guys have been following the chargers closer much longer than me. It's just like, it's, and people will say like, I'm being a like Debbie Downer. Like I'm always, I always seem down on the chargers. Look, the chargers have not won this division since what, like 2012, 2013, Mm-hmm. right uh it would be 2010 was the last time they won it wasn't it 2010 they haven't won this damn division in 12 years i'm sorry if i'm supposed to feel like overly optimistic about this team that hasn't been able to beat the broncos and chiefs in 12 years okay i want to seem happy i feel confident about this team i've bet this team to win this division back in march this is before they signed jc jackson this is before they extended mike williams i'm not a downer I'm just I'm keeping it real. And that's like that's how it is. You can't like the, the Chargers just find ways to lose games. And until they find that spark, which I think Justin Herbert can do that. I just like it's so weird how it's always in primetime games. They're always the ones who lose. It's just like it's, it just makes me mad. It makes me disappointed in this team. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know what to say about the primetime games factor, but like the the one thing I will say is we always talk about how like, oh, the interceptions like always go against the Chargers and stuff and turnovers. It's like, well, you know, last September they played a game versus the Chiefs where they won the turnover battle 4-0, right? And th- there was that killer instinct to kind of like get things done. Yeah, some of those were, 
you know, fumbles that were kind of given to the Chargers, but uh, Sante Samuel Jr. gets his first big interception there, right? And then you have Alohi Gilman who gets like the game ceiling interception. So it's like, on one hand, yes, like the Chargers got unlucky at points, but also it's just like, if Sante Samuel Jr. doesn't bobble that first ball and then have to have that attempt where he does go to the ground and comes with that pick six away cleanly, then, you know, we're not having a lot of these conversations we're having, right? So some of it is about technique and finishing the play and, and being more efficient. So um, for, from that standpoint, I just think it is like you can't make a single mistake against the Chiefs, even if they're not the Chiefs at their peak, right? And they're still, you know, figuring some things out clearly. But um, you just can't make mistakes against them. And so for the Chargers to drop interception opportunities or have penalties that call interceptions back uh, or just kind of just look dysfunctional at some points on offense, not saying all throughout the game, then, you know, the Chiefs are going to take advantage of that. And then we'll be sitting here again. Right. So for me, um, I always predicted that we would split the season series with the Chiefs kind of for some of these reasons, because the Chargers do get a little bit unlucky in these games and just the chiefs are a really hard team to beat in general, but you, you can't, you can't beat the chiefs when you're beating yourselves. And when the chargers have beaten the chiefs uh, in some of these previous years, um, like the Mike Williams game from 2018 uh, or, you know, the first game from last year, it's be- because they've been able to accentuate the chiefs mistakes and take advantage uh, when they, when they've been able to. Uh, and tonight they just weren't able to do that. Yeah. I'm, I'm with Alex. I, I don't, you know, there's a lot of comments going on in the, in the chat and there's a lot of super chats and I, and we appreciate you guys. There's a lot going on. Um, I wish we, you know, could go back and, and, you know, get to some of them and I'm sure we will, but I, there's a lot of like curse comments going on. I, I don't believe that. I, I believe that you in the NFL are able to kind of, you know, take control of what you can. And I think the chargers last year showed that they were able to do some of those things. I thought the Chargers did that last week on Sunday with Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa closing out the game against the Raiders. So the the pick six was certainly unfortunate. The Chargers came, they clearly came out with a plan that they were going to play with pace. And every single time they were going to hurry up and they were going to mix up the pace and they were going to mix and match the defense. And I thought that was pretty smart. That's the offensive coordinator's plan. The issue right there at the goal line, right, is you're trying to be aggressive and that's really what's happening. So people are saying that like, the Chargers are not trying to be aggressive. You go hurry up in the red zone, in the low red area, you are being aggressive. That's a different way of being aggressive. Um, it just, Jared Everett was gassed, man. It really was. Like, that's really was was what was so simple about that situation. I understand what you're trying to do with the pace. I understand what you're trying to do and, uh, you know, cast the Chiefs off guard. But after Gerald Everett gets two run-after-catch plays and clearly called for a sub, you know, I, I think you call a timeout, you switch the play call. You, you're not going to Gerald Everett as your primary read after he's calling for a sub. So to me, it's just, you know, it was, a, you know, it was a, an unfortunate series of, series of events, I guess, is what you want to call it. I don't think that means the Chargers are chief. The Chargers are uh, cursed or the Chargers lack a killer instinct because I think they do have it in them. And I think they showed that last week. Like I said, the biggest coaching issues for me today were the lack of aggressiveness on fourth down. I thought the defense played out of their minds, clearly frustrated Patrick Mahomes. That's again, a way to have a killer instinct. And I think, you know, there, there, this was just a, a day in the NFL It's a short night, short week, Thursday night football, weird shit happens. I don't have any like general chargers are cursed or the chargers are, are the charger season is over or anything like that. It, it's week two. 
I'm trying to pump the brakes as, as best as I can today. Uh, we could continue with some things that didn't work out because I think there are some players that I'd want to talk about, but do you want to switch to positive or just write out the negative stuff? For <laughs> I feel better, man. I feel better after letting some stuff out and hopefully mm-hmm. you guys do as well. Um, all right, Tyler, you, you started it. So uh, who stood out to you in a positive way tonight? Uh, Zion Johnson. I, I think they're... I didn't recall what happened on that Herbert hit because all I was doing was panicking. Um, apparently that was on Zion, but I don't remember it. Otherwise, I mean, have you seen a time where Chris Jones had to switch sides like someone facing Rashawn Slater? Not the Slater no, I don't remember that. Say, like yeah. He was unbelievable. And, you know, it, it's I'm sure that maybe he's given up a couple of pressures and, and whatnot. I'm sure the stats may not be like the greatest, but he had a freaking pretty solid game. And I thought... Really, for a good while, even if I didn't love maybe the play calls, they were kind of getting what they wanted for the most part. And Herbert was, until about the middle of the third quarter, very, very well protected. And a part of that was Zion Johnson. So I thought he had a fantastic game. Um, the Chargers have two, for sure, young guys they can rely on for years to come. Anybody else want to go with a positive? All right. Back uh, to the <laughs> I'll go with the uh, Derwin James. I mean, that feels like a pretty dude. That that body slam was yeah. fucking unreal, man. I don't think I've yeah. ever seen anything like that in a football game uh, before. Yeah, I mean, everything going into this game, it's like you know, the everyone talks about the when Derwin's played against the Chiefs versus when he hasn't, um, and and he brought it tonight, right? Uh, even after like the um, missed tackle he had earlier in the game, then he just ca- you know catches Travis Kelsey in the air and body slams him. Um, you know, he was, he was an absolute difference maker tonight and it was, uh, yeah, just visible all over the field. The Chargers mm-hmm. need him if they're ever going to make some kind of contending playoff run. Um, and so just seeing that energy from him tonight, he, he probably had the most energy there out of like anyone on the defense. And I thought it was just very visible tonight. So, I mean, I, th- I think if we're doing like a, a stud of the game, uh, defensively, uh, aside from, you know, defensive line and, you know, uh, some of the secondary. I think Derwin's the one who definitely stood out at all three levels of the defense, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, we were, I kind of gave Tyler a little bit of a hard time for predicting that Gerald Everett uh, was going to have more <laughs> yards than uh, Travis Kelsey this week. And Derwin was a huge part of that, man, and so was J.C. Jackson. I know J.C. gave up the big play and, and he gave up some other ones. Uh, but five for 51 for Travis Kelsey on seven targets. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think you take that 10 times out of 10, right? Especially given the way that, uh, you know, you lose Derwin James last year on Thursday Night Football and, and Travis Kelsey, like, immediately goes off for, like, 10 catches, 120 yards, and, and of course, the game-winning touchdown. So um, I, I think that's absolutely a good call by by Alex. Again, that's, that's multifaceted, but Derwin obviously kind of uh, gets the, the biggest credit there. Um Guy who did not show up in the stat sheet officially, but unofficially, man, I thought Austin Johnson was outstanding tonight. He had mm-hmm. three or four really good rushes on uh, Patrick Mahomes, and it either ended up being like, you know, a holding on the defense or the pat the random pass interference or or whatever. Like my guy had three hits on on Patrick Mahomes, and all three of them got nullified. So, um, Jeez. I feel really bad for him because you know he you look at the stat sheet and it's an empty stat sheet. But I think his presence was absolutely felt tonight for sure. 
Yeah, I felt the same way watching the All-22 from the last game. Austin Johnson, mm-hmm. like you saw a couple, yeah. and for sure on like that third down stop early in the Raiders game, but yeah, he really showed up last week. It seemed like he did today. Uh, have not seen a whole lot from Sebastian Joseph Day, although that's not really the nature of his spot, but I don't know. Can I can I be different? I want I want to say the like defensive staff in general. Yeah, um, sure. Including including Staley, only for his defensive play calls. <laughs> um, I gotcha. Yeah. So, I mean, look, I I was completely wrong on Twitter. Like, I I thought the Chiefs' offense would. I I thought this defense would kind of come in, you know, have a little success, but. I thought the Chiefs offense would eventually prevail. You know, this is an offense that had all offseason mm-hmm. to kind of just like, you know what Staley's going to give you, and you don't really know what the Chiefs offense is going to give you. But, man, the, this defense was firing on all cylinders for the most part of this game. Mm-hmm. And it was literally like the only times the Chiefs did anything was when the Chargers gave them something, when Asante mm-hmm. drops the pick, when they have a weird illegal contact, which somehow I knew that was going to be a touchdown drive, right? Like like these things. <laughs> There's always that feeling. I feel like that always always. Yeah, it always happens. And I thought the defense in general did a great job. So I'll, you know, I don't know if people who follow me on Twitter watch are watching this. I was wrong. I'll admit that. <laughs> Defensive staff did a great job. And I, I was really happy to see a lot of the things, especially on the, on the back end, aside from JC Jackson, kind of play out the way I, I was hoping it would. And the only thing I would kind of like nitpick is, and I was having this discussion, and I might have to talk about this like on my own video. But the blitzes, like I thought, the blitzes worked well. I think they mm-hmm. blitzed like they they had that what um my boy side schemes calls the boss package. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it's called. Where from you know, last the four week? D line, yeah, where you have the four D linemen and then tranquil lining up over the guard. I think that's what it, I tweeted about it today. Um, during the Are game. you talking about the one where they got where they had Calvin Oy and Drew Tranquil kind of in the B gaps and then Morgan little, Fox yeah. and rushers? Yeah, so boss front, but it's yeah. it's yeah it's different because they line up two guys over the over gotcha. the guard, but and they'll send one. And you know I'm not the biggest advocate for blitzing Mahomes. We saw what the Cardinals what happened to the Cardinals, but I thought it worked. And the the trade off, which I think is com- really interesting, is like. You blitz five times. Let's say I think I think they blitzed that package about five times. Four times it forced a sack or an incompletion. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. the one time it didn't work, it was a touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> so Literally. you have to wonder, is that trade off worth it? And I think it is. Like I think if you mm-hmm. can stop the Chiefs on four drives, because the Chiefs on average probably average like four, three or four points a drive, right? Like they're they're that good. If you can stop them on four drives and, okay, you give up the random touchdown where your best cover corner can't somehow cover Justin Watson, who's a core special teamer, okay, then you just you just hand it to the Chiefs and be like, okay, good good play. But I think that blitz package is really cool. And like I said, props to the defensive staff for a, for a pretty good game plan, which kept the Chargers in the game. Yeah, absolutely agree there. I thought outside of like the one rush that you were talking about, they were incredible with like their rush containment. They really only let uh, Mahomes get out of the pocket three or four times. Um, officially, only end up with one sack and five quarterback hits. But again, I feel like there were some penalties in there that you probably hit mm-hmm. Mahomes, you know, ten or eleven times tonight. And I think you take that. Um, and run defense, man. I thought it showed up outside of the one uh, Clyde Edwards-Helaire busted run at the very end. Um, you're talking about probably less than four yards of carry. You're talking about. Um, 50, 60 yards. And so 
I thought the run defense was solid tonight. I thought the pass coverage, again, outside of the one busted uh, J.C. Jackson route, I thought the pass coverage was solid. So mm-hmm. um, the defense played incredibly well. And, you know, obviously, you know, uh, hats off to the defensive staff getting this defense ready to play against Mahomes like this on a short week. They essentially did not practice after the week after the Chiefs put up uh, basically 50 points on the Cardinals and got a first down on, on 50% yeah. of their plays. So I agree, Arjun. That's a good call. I thought the, the defensive game planning was outstanding tonight for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, in addition to defensive game planning, shout out to Justin Herbert, I mean, as well, for, for doing everything he did tonight. Um, you know, cracked ribs, rib cartilage, whatever it is and all, and he still gets up and clearly in pain, throws a frozen rope to DeAndre Carter to give the Chargers that second touchdown drive um, of the half and, and keep them in that game prior to the onside kick. So I, I just think stuff like that, um, you know, should not be... Uh, even though the Chargers clearly probably were out of the game at that point, unless they got the onside kick, should not be uh, understated for the effort that he made after he was clearly, you know, just not himself after after the hits. Yeah, I was I was like, okay, I, obviously he won't pull himself out. I don't think he would do that. But as soon as he went to go scramble and literally just threw the ball into the ground, yeah. I was like, please pull him. Like that was awful. Like he there there was no one in front of him. He could have just walked. Two more yards, kneeled down, sat down, whatever. Just threw the ball away. Like he was in freaking pain. So yeah, kudos to him. Um, we'll see. see again, Sealy saying that he's fine, nothing to worry about. <laughs> I, I've never seen a quarterback literally just throw the ball into the dirt yeah. rather than just get a first down. So whatever it is, I hope it's okay. Um, do we have a new team doctor that gives rib injections by chance? Mm. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> long, history, long history of uh, charges and rib injuries. Well, say they changed everything when he got hired because yeah. that was yeah. under Anthony Lynn's staff. So yeah. I assume mm. that also means medical staff. Yeah, well, we'll see. I feel like the the true detective gift where Matthew McConaughey crushes that beer can. It's like we come full circle on the on the Tyrod Taylor Justin Herbert Chronicles. But. Did you guys see what uh, Drew Brees tweeted after Quinn Ewers got hurt from uh, Texas last week? Yeah, inject him with a bunch of horses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that. Great take, Drew Talk about an 18-year-old kid, Drew. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> um, but no, in all seriousness, like that sequence from Justin Herbert, man, that was one of the most unreal things I've ever seen on a football field. And, and I feel like I say that all the time with Justin Herbert, but mm-hmm. um, to just not even have the you know energy or, or the health if you will whatever to run and walk for a first down and then two plays later you just throw a bullet to deandre carter uh to get them back in the red zone so mm-hmm. that was an incredible amount of just effort toughness from justin herbert and um absolutely deserves all the credit in the world tonight i'm sure there will be you know his haters out there talking about the pick six man but justin uh, was again outstanding tonight Last guy, of course. I mean, I guess it's other guys, but we haven't mentioned him yet. Mike Williams uh, showed up completely early and often against the Chiefs in Arrowhead. Don't know what happened in the second half. Um, potentially just offensive line issues, but um, at least for a half and maybe a little bit into the third quarter, he was awesome. Eight catches, 113 yards, one touchdown, ten targets. I mean, he was he was he made it work. You could argue he bailed out Joe Lombardi too. <laughs> Um, can I can I share some of the yes please pass blocking stuff? All right, so 
Filer, four pressure. I thought Filer was awful today. Four pressures. Zion had three pressures, and he allowed. He was beaten an, an additional three times that didn't result in pressure. So doesn't really seem like he had that great of a day. Pipkins had two on 27 pass attempts. Norton had two on 26 pass attempts. So pretty you know, even there. Um, I would, I guess I would argue, I guess I would argue Norton had the tougher job because the Chiefs knew the, the Chargers were going to be yes, passing for most absolutely. of the second half. So I guess give him the edge, a little bit of an edge there. Okay, this one is weird. And I, I think I did see someone mention how, you know, Eckler wasn't the greatest in pass protection today, right? Eckler had three times where he was just in pass blocking situations and he allowed pressures on two of them, huh. which 66.7. Uh, pressure rate is is not good if you didn't know. So that's you know I've long long said Eckler is one of the ba- best pass blocking running backs in the league. Didn't really show that tonight. But and the Chiefs, this is this is also interesting. Lajarius Sneed blitzed seven times, generated pressures on four of them. So so that's obviously an so, issue. Yeah. Some yeah. So maybe I'll break that down by like half or something tomorrow. But you know that that was interesting. Clap interestingly zero pressures. Uh, 32 pass blocking snaps, Lindsley, Lindsley zero as well. So, uh, and Slater zero, of course. God. Um, what about uh, defensive pressures? Yeah. So, pass rushing, Mac had five plus, you know, the half sack, um, Bosa four, Austin Johnson three, mm. um, Tranquil, Fox two, Derwin, Van Noy one, and Rumpf one as well. But it was a cleanup pressure for Rumpf. Yeah, what was uh Tillery's snap count? He had eleven pass rushing snaps and zero pressures. <laughs> I don't, did he even register anything again? I mean, uh, two tackles, one tackle, and one assist. Hey, there we go, Jerry. Yeah, <laughs> woo! One, one, one tackle, one assist. That's like that's like the Jerry Tillery double double. hey man like he's he's dt4 i'm I'm taking he's he's existing all right that was my bold (laughs) prediction and and jerry tillery certainly on some plays is existing oh man too funny too funny but uh yeah i think all in all the defensive returns so so far this season have been Mm -hmm. very very promising uh assuming jc jackson continues to get more healthy i think you're talking about a legitimately top 10 defense this year. So um, again, very, very encouraged. Kulamak has, has made a big time difference as of course everybody else has. So um, t- uh, Arjun, any, any uh, missed tackle or coverage stats that you want to go over right now? Yeah, we, we definitely need to go over coverage. Um, Asante, I think so again, all subject to change, all subject to change by tomorrow uh, targeted seven times, Three catches, twenty yards. That's nice. a good Jackson, eight targets, seven catches, seventy-nine yards, and a touchdown. Not good. Uh, I don't even remember that many. I needed an eye. I know I saw him like, rally a couple of times, but yeah, I, I don't. I, I think two. the Chargers were in zone for most of the game, so maybe mm, it was just on his okay. side. I'll, you know, again, all subject to change. Tranquil, four targets, four catches. 34 yards and a touchdown. I think he was the guy in coverage. Oh, are they giving on. him the McKinnon one? Yeah, which is weird. I Oh, the scrambled. That's, that's yeah, one. that's tough. 
Um, Which was a crazy play by Mahomes, by mm-hmm. the way. Yeah, that was, I, I was like, <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, he's going to make something like yep. that. Once he breaks yeah. the pocket, it's like, it's over almost. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, that, that's basically coverage. Um, Callahan, you know, did his thing, only got targeted twice, zero catches. Um, yeah, that's basically it. And then we can run defense. Run defense, Tranquil had three run stops, Bosa two, and a bunch of people. Tillery with one run stop. <laughs> Whoa. We got a run stop out of Tillery. Wow. We got oh we got gosh. a run we got I actually, wow. yeah, I didn't think he was that bad on running plays. I didn't I just yeah, yeah. passing plays, he kind of got shoved off yeah. his lane. Which, which was the reason I think the Justin Watson touchdown happened, if I'm not mistaken. It, it was. Alex is like, yeah, fuck yeah, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> no, I mean that. that I'll draw on the whiteboard right you, now. If you look at the fucking play, I mean, other than J.C. Jackson getting his, you know, hips, you know, turned to, I don't know, uh, that was oblivion. Weird. Uh, that I was, was he that was like up. an inch away from breaking up that pass, though. It's a game of inches, and uh, his that's hips got turned the other direction. So that's very true. I mean, yeah, did make the play. You want me to go through and find the super chats because I'm. Yeah, go for it, and then we'll kind of wrap up the show tonight. Yeah, okay, I'll I'll try to go through. If I missed yours, I apologize. I started at the top. I'm going. A lot of you guys jumped into the chat before we even got on, so hold on. Uh, Christian also pointed out uh, in the chat, Morgan Fox has been pretty good. Did did he? I know he had at least one pressure that I remember off the top of my head. Arjun. Yeah, he had had two charted right now, but also good to change. All right, I guess we can't talk about this. The real Elliot says, "Give the refs red jerseys; they earned it tonight." Yeah, uh, that pi on uh, Callahan, man. I don't, I don't know about that one. I uh, yeah, I definitely don't know about that one. Uh, yeah, yeah. Were there other issues though outside? I mean, I, I, you, you definitely could have called roughing on the hit where Herbert got injured, but I didn't yeah. think they were that bad throughout the whole game. So we'll just start a walk through. So it was obviously that one. It was the overturn on Asante's interception, which I think is fine. Although they did call it interception at first. There was um, uh, there was DPI down the field in the same play that Joey had the holding call on him. Chiefs got more penalties than the Chargers. So I don't. It's not really a refs thing tonight. So I guess yeah, they had like a. They had like a delay of kick shit and stuff like that. Like, yeah, their 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 special teams, man. Like, I mean, I get your kickers out, but I mean, Brian Cook had two special teams penalties. Like, very un very uncharacteristic performance from that unit. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, they had six penalties for fifty four yards. Chargers had three for twenty five. Um, I don't know if that counts decline penalties. I I don't think so. But I mean, that was that's a. That's a pretty clean Thursday night football game from a penalty standpoint. Whatever, I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Grizo con Papas puts the letter Z. I don't know what that means, but thank you. Appreciate it. We need another Z receiver. Yes. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Hey, Arjun, any uh, snap count information from the receivers? I'm curious what that breakdown is like. Yeah, no, I was g- great that he brought it up. Jalen Guyton had three snaps. Whew. And he was blocking on one of them and went for a first down. Uh-huh. I know that. <laughs> I remember one of them. It's like, I mean, like, I don't, Josh Palmer's not that good. 
I don't know. Or, you you all we're always hearing Josh Palmer stays after practice, works with Herbert, all this extra. It's like mm-hmm. they're never on the same page. Never. They're, they're running yeah. stick and, and, and Palmer's too far out or he's hugging the sideline too much or he's he's not running past the first down six. I don't know. Like, yeah, I, I, yeah I, I don't I don't know what to say about the Josh Palmer thing. I do think Herbert missed him uh, on one of the earlier throws. But at the same time, Palmer had some of these issues with Daniel um, in yeah. the preseason where they were disconnected quite a few times. Yeah. Uh, and so it's just like, well, we're talking about two different quarterbacks here. It's not just that it's, you know, Daniel or Herbert missing all the time. Like uh, some of that calls on Josh Palmer and Herbert looked visibly frustrated at points when I did, you know, just looking at his routes and, and what he was running. So I, I, I do think that that plays into it. Um, and I, I, I don't want to throw Josh Palmer under the bus, but I think the fact that Herbert's clearly more comfortable with somebody like DeAndre Carter I don't think that's coincidental. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't think that's like DeAndre Cutter hype train or any of that. Like, but at the same time, it's sure. just like <laughs> he he's clearly more comfortable throwing gotcha. him uh, and and some of the other receivers yeah. as well. Like at this point, so I I don't know what to say about that. I I don't think Palmer's a dud by any means, but um, yeah, just yeah, it's been weirdly out of sync to this point. I mean, you talk about something the offense is missing. Like they have no speed like deandre carter is a four four guy but i mean he's your slot intermediate he's not doing a ton of deep stuff this this team needs jalen guyton like you have to give jalen guyton more than five and three snaps and mm-hmm. um you know mike williams you can access the deep part of the field a lot with mike when you're doing obviously jump ball situations and contested catch situations but their only speed receiver is jalen guyton and at mm-hmm. some point you you have to play him. And we we heard on um, Wednesday as the team was flying off, as I was tweeting about my offensive takeaways, uh, I get a message from a, a source within the building that, hey, man, Jalen Guyton's not going to be playing on Thursday night very much. And it's mm-hmm. like, I don't understand. I couldn't even believe you. Like, I thought that was a joke or, you know. No, I sent the screenshot to Tyler and I was like, do you think this is real? And he And we were just like dumbfounded that the only fast receiver on the team cannot see the field. Mm-hmm. And they won't activate Michael Bandy, which I understand. You have too many yeah. slot guys, so I, I get that. So you activate Jason Moore. Did Jason Moore play at all tonight? No. So you activate Jason Moore as your fifth receiver? <laughs> You're asking so much of your receivers who are not fast to be consistently open. And you want to talk about why stuff happens in the second in the second half? You're asking three receivers to play 90% of the snaps each, and none of them are fast, and none of them separate extremely mm-hmm. well. So uh, it's a problem. I mean, did Richard just... Rogers play, by the way? He yeah, played he a, a few. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he was out there a little if, yeah, every now and then. Yeah. I, I mean, it kind of reminds me of last year. Like, Tyron Johnson just gets mm-hmm. phased out, and now we're sort of at the point where Jalen Guyton's getting phased out. And it's like, okay, well, those were the only two, four, three guys we had that – yeah reliably get open and get down the field um so i don't i don't know what the plan is other than just hoping and praying like deandre carter is the speed guy and keenan allen when he gets back and he's healthy like obviously you know has that connection with justin herbert but other than that and occasional mike williams like jump ball situations they're they're not getting vertical they're not like getting that big touchdown like they did against the giants last year if they're not playing jalen guyton if they're 
if they mm-hmm. don't have a Tyron Johnson like type of player and they've been phasing both of those guys out. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on like this, you know, us talking about Brandon Staley here. This is his vision, man. Like this is his roster. I think that's become very very clear like he wanted to build a more physical receiving room. If you go back and listen to um, you know, the Athletic Football Shows podcast from when they were in training camp, all the coaching staff talked about and specifically Brandon Staley talked about having physical receivers that could just punish people after the catch and you know, contested catch situations and everything like that. That's not happening either. I thought Gerald Everett is, I love Gerald Everett, man. I, I know people are really mad at him about the interception, but um, he fights for everything. And I think he's definitely not part of the problem. But so I, I'm just like, I'm confused at the way this team evaluates wide receiver. I'll say that. And mm-hmm. that could be a Staley issue. It could be a Joe Lombardi issue. It could be a just, continuity you want to keep mike williams and keenan allen and everybody around but you got to get some more speed out there and your one speed guy can't see the field so my understanding of general player rotations is that the position coaches are the ones who are in charge of those so i don't know if if chris Beatty just does not if Jalen guyton's just not a favorite of his or what but um you, you need more speed out there whether that's signing somebody not super interested in signing Will Fuller uh, or Odell Beckham Jr. coming off of an injury. So just play Jalen Guyton more. I'm not asking for 50 snaps. Just give me like 25, 30 snaps, and I think that will help at least somewhat. Yeah, like I just pointed out, it's just discontinued momentum. You, had, you end the season with Tyron Johnson being this great thing, wide receiver three at worst, and he's gone. Which, okay, Jalen Guyton beats him out fair and square, I suppose, fine. Jalen Guyton is on a tear to end the season, right? Some great plays, and then the discontinued momentum again. I don't get it. That and them not activating or, or yeah, keeping active. Um, Isaiah Spiller is a surprise. I just think if you work with Jalen Guyton throughout the offseason, not even as like we know he's not the wide receiver three, but as the three B or the four or whatever, like you do use him at parts of the field. He was doing good work with with Herbert. I thought he was ascending. And you have Isaiah Spiller involved out of the backfield too, and you and you take away both those options while Allen and Parham are already out. You're just doing a disservice to to Herbert and and your play caller as well. I don't know who's making those decisions, but I'm hard pressed to believe that like Lombardi's like, well, let's not have Spiller yeah. active or, or Guyton playing. But then like it should be on him. So I don't I don't know if that's a Telesco Ficken thing. I don't yeah. know what it is, but I don't know. But I'm fairly yeah. confident that the offensive coordinator wants more speed out there. So yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm oh, sorry. You're good. Go ahead. I was just going to say, somebody mentioned I want more Xander Horvath. Um, two touchdowns in two weeks, man. Like, that's pretty freaking cool. More. For the yeah. second best rookie on the team, apparently. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I, the good thing is Xander Horvath's getting touchdowns. The bad thing is their third and fourth round picks are healthy scratches right now. <laughs> um, so that's a struggle. Uh, and I, I don't know what to say about that anymore. Like, is, is Isaiah Spiller really going to give you that much less than sony michelle at the moment like i i don't i don't know that why they me, yeah. i don't know why they invested a high day two pick or sorry high day three pick in uh isaiah spiller and he's not not that he's supposed to be rb2 but the fact that he can't even see the field at this point when he's healthy um mm. it, it's it's perplexing and then you get to the jt woods thing and it's like yeah jt woods was supposed to be a project but they also spent a third round pick on a fucking project and he can't see the field so, you know, I'm happy for Xander Horvath and all. Great uh, that he's gotten two touchdowns in two weeks. King of efficiency. 
Um, <laughs> the rest of the Chiefs class is contributing right now, though, and the rest of the Chargers class is not. There's and that's just where we stand, and, and, yeah. and, and that's that's why I, I think they. I mean, it's part of why the Chiefs won the game tonight. Yeah, when Leo Chanel had a pressure on like the second play of the game, I, done, <laughs> like, ah, I thought of you immediately go. when I saw yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> like, God dang it. Um, <laughs> getting back to uh, Frank Superjet here, he says, this team is headed in the right direction. You could see the drop off with blitzing and pressure after Lindsay went down. D is going to get better. Um, I don't know if I quite agree with the pressure going down after Lindsay went down, but I do think the defense is going to get better, man. Like if, if we have to watch any chase daniel games over the next few weeks i feel confident that the defense will be able to you know hold down the fort against uh trevor lawrence and davis mills over the next few weeks mm-hmm. me too and i was gonna be at the game next week and if Herbert's not playing i'm not going because i'm not paying for that wait is that is that in la or jacksonville it's in la yeah oh okay uh Tyler, you want to find the next one uh, yeah oh, sorry right Roger, go ahead uh, I thought I just want to say I think Joshua Kelly's looked better than Eckler in the first two games. Hot take, but I think I think Kelly got the gak bump. It just happened. <laughs> it happens in the regular season when the games matter. Yeah. No, no bias there. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, like I was really excited about the Sony Michelle signing. I, mm-hmm. I don't know what is going on there. If the usage is just completely different, but. I think at this point the run game would just be better with just Austin and and Josh, you know, kind of mm-hmm. leading the way that in that regard. Yeah, I I was actually I was about a third or two thirds the way through this game thinking, okay, is Austin hurt? Like, is something wrong? And then he had a great finish to the game. He looked great as a receiver. Is. So all of a sudden it's like, okay, maybe it's just is it a usage thing? We got to get him in space more, which they should. Um, so that kind of saved what I what I thought of him, but for a while there, and for the previous game as well, especially with that awful decision to bounce it outside, I just I wasn't seeing kind of the same Austin Eckler, especially with this. And this is a good offensive line, so I don't know what happened. Yeah, Kelly just as a rusher, not as a receiver. I should make that clear. <laughs> yeah. Said. Yes. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I, Josh Kelly has had two good games, man. I I think we all agree we want to see more Josh Kelly. Um, all right, we'll get to this super chat from C Roy five five four. He says Staley needs to go for on more fourth downs. I'm not saying on our own thirty, but when the D is making plays and we cash in in possessions, got to be aggressive, play to win. Am I crazy, guys? You're absolutely not crazy. I don't know. I mean, I assume we talked about this um, after you uh, put this in the chat, but I mean, Arjun can speak to the specific situations, but um, we haven't seen the opposite of what I thought. Uh, Brandon Staley would have the approach on fourth downs this season. And that's not just tonight. Last week as well, you know, I thought he could have been able to go for it on uh, a few fourth downs. So um, I figured that, like, the mentality of, like, I trust Justin Herbert, I trust my guys to go out there and get the yards would carry over. And so far, we have mm-hmm. not seen that be the case so far. Do you think that changes? Because they've mm-hmm. now allowed, in terms of defense, 39 points the last two weeks against some pretty good talent and obviously the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. So does that even change the next time they meet these guys? Mm, um, not sure. I mean, the, the weird thing is, it's like, you know, and this is what people on Twitter like kept saying when they decided to not keep going for it on fourth down in the second half. It's like, oh, we'll still trust the defense. It's like, great. Can you trust your fucking quarterback? Like, <laughs> can you trust Justin Herbert, yeah. the guy who's supposed to lead us to the promised land to like make a couple of those? I was actually fine the first uh, fourth down where they kicked the field goal um and it was like what was it fourth and ten 
I was okay with that one at that point in the game, but then the ones later on, I just wasn't really a fan of. And it's like, okay, J.K. Scott, haha, funny punt. Oh, he shanked one, 30 yards, great. <laughs> like, so yeah, I don't know. I, I just think the, the lack of aggression definitely killed them uh, later on, even though they were holding the Chiefs. It's like that the Chiefs' offense is so volatile that it's like, okay, but you can't keep relying on getting stops, yeah. right? And so I think that was. That was really the issue. It's like, okay, maybe you can trust your defense like next week against the Jags, but like, how about you trust Justin Herbert right now, please? Yeah, exactly. And I think I think what Alex said is so important. Like, you can't just rely on your defense to stop the Chiefs on any given drive. Like, their volatility is is going to be so high this year. Now, the Chargers lost about seven win like seven win per- probability by not going for it on fourth downs over the course of this game. Now. I get why Staley's trusting his defense more. This is his team. They've been looking good. But, like, at the end of the day, like, Justin Herbert is still an alien quarterback, and you're taking the ball out of his hands and giving it to another alien quarterback. And it's like, this is where I just wonder if we're if it's too early because there's no Keenan Allen. Um, right. And does that change the type of play calls you call on fourth down? But then also, like, it like – if you go for a fourth downs, you have a much wider array of plays to call on third downs. You can run the ball on third and two because you're going to go for it on fourth down anyway. And I, I just, I don't know. The lack of aggression is, is a little bit concerning. And I, I really do wonder if he's making these decisions because of all of these scrutinies come under. And I, I don't think that's the case. I, I do want to believe it's because of personnel decisions, not having your wide receiver one in these high leverage situations, but it, it definitely is a, isn't a trend I want to see continuing. And, like, trust me, like, I know these fourth down models. I haven't seen the Chargers' internal fourth down model. But I can tell you for a fact that most good fourth down models, and, like, the Chargers probably have a good fourth down model, most models will have every situation the Chargers punted from midfield as a go. or And even the fourth and two where they kick the field goal, that's probably a go. So, it, it, yeah, you want to play to win. You, you're not going to go into, into Kansas City and win by kicking field goals unless literally the Chargers repeat their defensive performance and mm-hmm. more by picking the ball off when they needed to. So, again, it's it's weird. It's still early, but the, the returns on Staley's aggressiveness have not been there as compared to last year. <laughs> <laughs> I missed this one earlier. <laughs> Sub Ryan 98 says, my dog just took a dump on my carpet, and I can't even be mad about it because of this game. <laughs> yep. Oh. That, that's how that game felt. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Uh, Adrian Whiteside, I think we all need to calm down. It's week two in the toughest place to play. We will get them at least one more time and focus on the Jags and getting healthy. I think that's fair, man. I'm not, I'm not going to tell anybody to how to – uh be a fan tonight if you are frustrated mm-hmm. i think that's fine I, I would encourage you to direct your frustration in the proper direction but you know it is what it is um if you think for that's the party huh for what it's worth i actually feel better about the chargers assuming health i feel better about the chargers beating the chiefs the second time this year than i did about them beating the chiefs the second time last year because i felt like the chiefs just kind of screwed up more last year whereas it feel like this time Sure. Chargers played pretty well, but then they screwed up. So I feel like as long as they don't do that again, like maybe some regression the right way. Um, 
you know, I almost feel better about them the second time around yeah. than I did last year, yeah. even though they won. You know, I mean, we just got the comment about the dog dumping on the carpet. And, you know, when you have a pet and you, like, hold its nose up to the dump, like, maybe the Chargers will realize that the second time <laughs> that they play the Chiefs. Uh, and so, you know, we learn and sing Kumbaya and uh, move on. Someone did say, uh, is that a Tillery jersey? Fuck no, I would never wear a Tillery jersey. <laughs> this is a color rush post of 99, motherfucker. <laughs> Must be the first time listening to the show. I, I think we all just need to take some of the the screenshots of the uh, decision making models and just put them in Brandon Staley's offense and uh, office and just put his nose up there and be like, "See, this is not what you do. This is incorrect." Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, I think you know we'll see what happens from a health perspective. I think obviously that's going to be the most important thing. Uh, whether or not Justin Herbert is, you know, obviously out for a while or not at all. I mean, they have ten days until they play the Jaguars. I kind of think they should just rest him anyway. Um, but like Tyler, I think you feel, again, encouraged about the defensive uh, production so far. And I think you have the schedule to kind of manage a Justin Herbert injury, uh, a mild Justin Herbert injury over the next three or four weeks. Hope so. Uh, I'm just going to acknowledge it, but we don't know the answer. Nick Skipper, if he has broken ribs, how long is he out? I can't imagine it's the season. No, no, I, I want to say if, if like if it's a bad rib injury, you're probably talking about like six weeks. Mm-hmm. But I'm not the one in medical school here, yeah. so maybe Alex will that. I mean, it feels like a load them up with horse drug situation, but I, I <laughs> we won't know until they put them in the X-ray machine. Yeah. All right, scrolling through these. Thank you, mom. Yes, Williams one-handed catch and the James body slam. All good stuff. My mom does watch the football. Great fan. She was at the we were at the game together. She's an awesome fan. Reach for the Chargers. Nice. Nice. Scrolling through these guys. There's a lot of comments. Trying to find your super chats. Okay. Can I can I just bring something up real quick? I don't yeah. I, I'm not like of the belief that we should just be sitting Justin Herbert. Like I okay, if he can play, I think he should be playing. And sure. I'm I'm saying this because okay, so Jacksonville was winning against the commanders who have like a, a decent team this year up until you know, some up until like two minutes left in the fourth quarter. Houston just took Indianapolis to a tie game. Um, and Indianapolis is favored to win their division. Cleveland, yeah. they're going to be tough. Like, they're, they're a smart team. I know Brissett's bad, but their run game can run over any team. Like, that's going to be a struggle. Denver yeah. just put up a really good performance, and they just lost because they couldn't score on the goal line. Seattle just beat Denver, and Atlanta almost beat the Saints. So it's not like this stretch of games is like anything easy. And I feel like we should be like after last year's Texans debacle, there should be like no like, oh, we can just rest him because it's an easy win. Like I especially with how Fair. how the offense has been looking, like if key like if, if Chase Daniels is the quarterback, defense is gonna load up seven guys in the box and be like, take like we force Chase Daniels to beat us. Then I don't know if he's gonna be able to do that. And like I, I hope our defense is good enough. I think it is, but I don't know that that's not the, like the easiest stretch of games based on what we saw from week one, which no, I'm and I, reacting, but. I, I, I think that's a fair point. Like, I mean, yeah, it gets easier from the chiefs, but it's like the Jaguars have a head coach now who doesn't go after co-eds at an Ohio state bar. Right. So it's like, in that sense, that game will be harder. And then you have the Texans and then you have games that should have been winnable last year that weren't. So, I mean, um, after the Texans game last year and after, you know, yes, this team is theoretically deeper, but they're also dealing with the amount of injuries they're dealing with, with Keenan Allen, 
now with Corey Lindsley and now with Storm Norton, who knows how long they're going to be out. And of course, Justin Herbert is hurt now, too. So it's like you can't take any of those games for uh, advantage like maybe we would have back in May. So. Yeah, the, the the shitty part is it's going to justify them keeping three quarterbacks on the roster finally, and I'm going to hate it. I mean, does it justify keeping three quarterbacks on the oh, roster? Oh, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like, that's why we did it. Yeah. Just in case. Now I'm not going to lie. I'm going to say something. My oh, first no. instinct when Justin got hurt after like all, you know, Don't not first it. instinct, that's, that's wrong. After Justin got hurt and was no. sitting there and they went to commercial, my thought was that this team should trade for Jimmy G if Justin misses any time. I'm not, the, you're not the only one. You're really, okay, you're not the only one. Stick, okay. <laughs> I, I, you probably thought I was going to say some dumb shit, but I mean, Shane Day was in San Francisco with Jimmy G for like five years. It's not, I don't know. Again, yeah. if Justin Herbert misses any time. I think you make that call at least. Well, and also, didn't they rework his contract in a way to it's like more tradable now? Mm-hmm. Six and, and a half, I think. Yeah. So I mean, they could do that. Gard- Gardner Minshew's probably available. Like you, you can, yeah. you can, you can play this out if you, you know. Want if to Lance keeps for... struggling, and then they don't have a backup to go to because he's on our team. You know that's a smart move. That's a long. They game. can take. They can take Easton Stick too in the trade. I'm not picking. <laughs> they can. Nick Bosa will take him. Or if Trey Lance keeps struggling, do you buy low on Trey Lance if San Francisco goes back to Jimmy G and then you're like Easton Stick and a first rounder for Lance? I don't know. And a first rounder for Lance? Shut up. Get out of here. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just bullshitting up my ass now. Uh, Super said Jimmy G is terrible. Stop. Would you rather watch Chase Daniel or Jimmy G? I don't think that's even I, a conversation. I would, I would rather watch uh, Jimmy G throw three interceptions than Chase Daniel throw three interceptions if I have to. <laughs> <laughs> all right well I, I think that that uh feels like a good place to stop tonight's show so um i apologize if we did not get to your super chats um i know there were many more that we didn't so we really appreciate all your guys support i was not expecting 500 viewers in here after that kind of game no. and justin herbert getting injured so uh, again uh thank you guys for the appreciate or for the the support and the viewership tonight uh we will be going live on saturday for a q a i'm sure we'll talk more about um, some of our thoughts about the all 22, uh, if we're able to watch it tomorrow, I don't know if it's going to be available, but, um, we'll talk about hopefully some injury updates for sure. Um, and we'll have, and we'll have, uh, anything that we can, <laughs> I'm sure we'll talk a lot about food on Saturday. Cause that's probably how this is going to go. Um, Arjun, any final thoughts, man, before we head out for the evening? Yeah. Um, I, I, I just hope Justin Herbert's okay because he's going to take this team as far as it goes. Um, I think. I would say shameless plug. Follow my Twitter. I'm I'm just gonna be dropping a, a ton of shit on what happened yesterday, um, like a, a lot of stuff about the offense, like the A dot on on each down, things like that. Like I, I really want to just investigate what happened. Um, and again, this is no one's fault exactly. Like I know the Lombardi hate has been out like literally crazy. Like I, it's just crazy. And I'm not gonna blame him because I think Herbert can sometimes take the check down a little too often instead of holding his read for a second longer. So um, don't pin all the offensive struggles on one single person. Injuries do play a part. Um, but again, I, I own up to my, my, my mistakes. And if you follow me on Twitter, um, I was completely wrong about how I thought this game would play out. So um, I think encouraging performance, one I wish we won, but um, on to the next one. Yeah. Um, 
encouraging performance in spite of everything that they, you know, still kind of came close to winning it, especially with the Justin Herbert thing. If, if Justin Herbert is healthy next go around and, you know, assuming they got Keenan Allen back, Corey Lindsley and Storm, uh, Storm Runner, Trey Pipkins, uh, then this should be uh, a, a much better game uh, in the next one. If we, if we hold Brandon Staley's nose in the dog poo long enough and tell him to go for all those fourth downs, that should work out. Maybe uh, Joe Lombardi needs to get in the dog poo too and be like, all right, that's one too many mesh concepts, buddy. Uh, but so if we, if we do that next game, then this should result in a win. And I will say the same thing that I said after the Cowboys game that got me banned off the Twitter account complaining about the refs is loser shit. And the Chargers had plenty of chances to win this game. Yep, absolutely. Um what are my final thoughts? Well, I was right about Gerald Everett over Travis Kelsey. Um, I don't hate my Kenneth Murray comeback player of the year thing. Uh, Arjun is teaming up with Warren Sharp on the A dot. And uh, shut yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. DeAndre Carter, 55 yards. Yeah, Did he man. get it? Yeah. No, no. He fell 25 yards short of my uh, my prediction, but he got three receptions for 55 yards. Four touchdowns short as well, but <laughs> that's okay. That's Joe Lombardi's fault, so that's fine. Alrighty, um, yeah, that's mostly it for me. Thank you. Yeah, seriously, thank you guys for watching. Um, had a great time in Discord talking about stuff leading up to the game. Uh, you know, the mini celebration about you know JC being active was nice, uh, at least for about three hours. <laughs> was, I got yeah. toasted by a, a UDFA, um, <laughs> but otherwise, you know, it was pretty good. Yeah, man. Obviously, a lot to uh, a lot to take in in this game. Unfortunately, you know, come up just short. Um, first and foremost, hope Justin Herbert is okay. Obviously, that is the franchise. So, um, hope his ribs are okay. Hope he didn't get knocked. The, hope he didn't get the wind knocked out of him too badly. Uh, apparently, that's the the diagnosis. So, um, we'll see, man. Obviously, uh, that's that's the biggest thing here. So, um, appreciate all the support. Like Tyler said, we'll dive more into. Uh, the film and everything like that. We have a long week, obviously, until the next Chargers game. So uh, we'll have plenty of content. Hopefully you guys are are sticking around for that. Uh, and uh, I'm sure this season will get better. Hopefully, fingers crossed. All right, guys, that's going to do it. We'll see you next time. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.